I wish you all a very blessed and happy Christmas. It is that time of year when family comes together for the holidays, right? And then some people look forward to this and you get very excited about it because you get to catch up with people you haven't seen for a very long time, perhaps for a whole year, people you love about, people you care about. But that's not the case for everyone. Some folks have to take a deep breath, count 10, embrace themselves for all of this family togetherness, right? And the reason for this, as we all know, is because there are disagreements, there are disputes, there are divisions within the family that put people in that family on edge whenever they get together. I will not ask anyone to raise their hands if this applies to you, but uh, there it is. And all those grievances, all of those grudges, uh, they have a way of manifesting themselves at the holidays, it seems. When everybody comes from near and far to spend Christmas together, it is not always tidings of comfort and joy. As the old saying goes, there are in-laws and there are outlaws in the family. Sound familiar? And maybe this is where you are coming from on this Christmas Eve. And if so, there is good news for you. The birth of Jesus is not just for the perfect people out there who have their act together and who know where they're going and they've got everything all figured out. The birth of Jesus is for outcasts and outsiders. On this Christmas Eve, the message tonight follows that theme for Advent preaching that we've been using here entitled Family Life. And today we look at family life through the lens of outcasts and outsiders. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Truth be told, outcasts and outsiders were part of that very first Christmas, something which you may not be aware of. When the angel of the Lord appeared to those shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night, telling them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, the angel came to outcasts and outsiders. The news of Jesus' birth was not announced to the successful and the powerful living in their palaces in Jerusalem and elsewhere. It was announced to those who were classified as outcasts. Shepherds worked on the Sabbath. They permitted their flocks to graze on land that belonged to other people. And because they cared for animals belonging to other people, the owners feared that the shepherds might actually kill one of their animals and have it for dinner. Shepherds were not permitted to give evidence in a court of law, and they were not permitted to even enter the temple at Jerusalem. And yet, these are the ones to whom the angel of the Lord brings awesome and amazing news. To you is born this day. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ 
the Lord. Time and time again in Scripture, God chooses what is lowly and despised by the world to work his gracious will. He chooses a poor young peasant girl to be the mother of the Savior. He chooses as his birthplace, not the capital city with all of its glitz and glamour, but some backwater village that was the hometown of a long ago king. He chooses shepherds who were outcasts and outsiders to be the first to hear of the Savior's birth. Do we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear how God did this not only then, but may well be doing it now in our lives today as well. Jesus was born in a place and a time not unlike our own. Palestine of the first century was marked by great political uncertainty security threats within and without, power struggles, acts of terrorism, outbursts of violence, together with some deep-seated cynicism, distrust, and skepticism for those in positions of leadership. We might well say the same of our own situation in the 21st century. Here's the thing. The good news is that we have a Savior who is not far removed from daily life here on planet Earth. We do not have a Savior who is high and lofty, above our existence, detached and disconnected from the grief and the pain and the suffering of humanity. No. We have a Savior who chose to become one of us, who willingly entered into our troubled world shattered by the effects of sin. And we certainly see those effects of sin on the macro-cosmic level that has worldwide implications. But we also see the effects of sin on a micro, individual level in each of our lives. Effects that lead to distance, separation, and estrangement between people, even within the same family, thus creating outcasts and outsiders. This is the world into which Jesus was born. This is the world which Jesus dearly loves, present tense, and for which he gave his life. You see, the wood of the manger in Bethlehem will give way to the wood of the cross of Calvary. In the midst of our Christmas celebrating, beyond the presents under the tree, beyond the feasting and the Christmas goodies, is the truth that Jesus' birth will lead to his suffering and death upon the cross for us and for our salvation. Jesus was born to die 
to be the once for all sacrifice for us all to pay the price which we never could for our sin and disobedience, not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood. My friends, there is a direct connection between Christmas and Good Friday, between Jesus' crib and his cross. And that connection is rooted in love for outcasts and outsiders like you and me. A year ago, I wrote in our congregation's uh, newsletter, December 2015. It seems appropriate to share with you again now. The scenario is all too familiar. A small family, dad, mom, baby, fleeing for their lives from a corrupt government. To remain where they lived would mean certain death. They had to gather what belongings they could pull together and make a run for it. Such scenarios have been before us a lot in these past months, but the one I am referring to took place some 2,000 years ago. I am referring to Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus having to flee Bethlehem because of King Herod's order that all male children two years old and under should be killed. We're told that an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and instructed him to take the child and his mother and go to Egypt. So very early in life, Jesus knew what it was like to be uprooted and displaced, to be an outcast and an outsider, to live in a different land with different customs where everything is new and strange. The soft light of the manger of Bethlehem, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay, gives way to harsh and ugly realities we'd rather not think about. On the church's calendar, after we celebrate Jesus' birth at Christmas, we then commemorate three days later, on December 28th, the Holy Innocents, remembering those young lives cut short by greed and fear. Our congregation is now preparing to receive a refugee family sometime in the new year. When exactly, we do not know except that it will be between January and April. They are a family of seven. They are from Syria. They are Muslim. They're outcasts from their own country, and they're outsiders to this country. Does a faith rooted in one who himself was a refugee an outcast and an outsider have anything to say to this? I believe it does. And that especially now in this holy season, our faith must move us beyond fear to obedience. The Lord Jesus comes to us in the face of the hungry and the homeless, the stranger, the sick, 
the prisoner, the outcast, and the outsider. How will we respond? The call to love is often not convenient or easy. It will cost us. But then again, it costs Jesus. Why would we think it should be any different for us? Some will say, these words of mine show great naivete and a lack of understanding about the complexities of world affairs. That may well be. I do not claim to be an expert in this. I leave it to those who are. What I do know is this, that what changes hearts for good and for God is not greed, or fear, but love. Joining Jesus on his mission is about taking the risk. It's about reaching outside our comfort zone to those who are around us. The mission of Jesus begins with Jesus, who became that helpless infant who endured the hardships of being a refugee, himself an outcast, an outsider, in order that he might give himself fully for each one of us. And that is love, not just in talk, which is cheap, but in action, which is costly. And now Jesus calls us to do the same, to love one another, not just with our words, but with our actions, with our whole lives. Love one another as Jesus loves us. In Jesus, the Word made flesh, God has indeed entered into our world, which is broken by sin and sorrow, reaching out with compassion and love to the hurting, the oppressed, to the outcasts and outsiders. And we are among them. And that, that, is good news of great joy. Not just tonight in the glow of soft candles and beloved carols. That, my friends, is good news of great joy every day. And so on this Christmas Eve, we join our voices with those of the angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amen.